Whoa, hello, hello, and welcome back to Schmoozing with Avi. It seems like my uh, guest has frozen, but now he's back. Okay, amazing. So we've got an incredibly special guest. We're, Josie and I go way back, way back to uh, January <laughs> of uh, this year, uh, where we were Chavrosas when I got stuck back in London. Um, and Josie was also stuck back in London before he was getting married. He was trying to get back into Israel. So we go, we go all the way back. Um, but Josie has the most incredible story. Uh, so I'm going to literally just let it all go from here. This is me down talking. Josie, I want you to take it away. Wow. Well, I just want to say, Avi, like a massive, massive thank you for having me. Like, thank you for coming. We down. had such good, we had, like, I remember that first time me and you learned Torah together. Oh, like, that vibe, like, the, the fire. <laughs> like, I just felt, this is a guy I want to learn with. Like, you were so good, <laughs> Shmark. The vibes, we were like, fuck, carry each other and the way learning should be. So yeah, like, it was, was a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to be back here with you, you know, sitting opposite you. I know we're in different countries on the other side of the world, but um, we're still very close at heart. So, yeah, I, I, so it all started. Um, well, first of all, I mean, I'm in, I'm in Chappelle's Yeshiva right now. I've been here for a year. Um, I'm from Essex. Um, went to the University of Hertfordshire. And now for the last few years, I've been doing a lot of motivational speaking, a lot of Jewish inspiration, teaching. I'm working for charities. A lot of my work has been very, very much about helping others. And that's kind of, um, and there's a long story of how I got to this point of, of, of wanting to help others um, in terms of their Jewish journeys and their life journeys. Um, one of my big goals is to become a rabbi, long-term goal. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of uh, context that went behind um, me arriving at this place in yeshiva you see Jodeci as this very put together nice stark young boy and look just <laughs> oh, look it wasn't always like this bro. it was not always like that it was not always like that. Uh, we're gonna delve into it a little bit yeah yeah so um it all started um with my mother she's from a community i know you'll know i don't know how many of your listeners will know a place called stanford hill um which is kind of like the ghetto of Lakewood. I don't really know Lakewood so well. <laughs> I'm talking about the, the, the Bronx, the, 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 the ghetto the Haredi, of Lakewood. The, the, ghetto, the ghetto of Lakewood works and um, very Haredi, very... Every, every sect of Judaism, the far right of that sect, and they're in Stanford Hill. And um, my mum was from a Chabad family. So my grandfather... Chabad Rabbi, she's a one of 14. So she has 13 siblings. And you can tell that my grandparents took the mitzvah, a mitzvah of a big fruitful <laughs> multiplier. <laughs> they took a very machmir. Very machmir in that mitzvah. You know? and, <laughs> so my mom had 13 siblings. And as you can tell, he was also the Rav. My grandfather's a Rav. He was the head teacher of Lubavitch School. And my grandmother was the, the headmistress of Lubavitch Girls School. So, yeah, there was a lot of um, yes, in the family. Yeah. yeah. And um, my mum was my mum, and she kind of um, enjoyed the outside of Judaism life quite a lot. She enjoyed cinema, which we, I don't know how you see it. Maybe it's, maybe it's like terrible for you. Me, uh, cinema is quite a normal uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cinema. Very much grew up in the, in the uh... In the cinema, <laughs> nothing like I don't judge, I don't judge, bro. I don't, I don't judge, bro. I don't, I don't <laughs> judge you for your smartphone. 
<laughs> the popcorn in view just was different. It just hit different. Right. It's so good. <laughs> Get the whole one to yourself for sure. Yeah. No one's, t- Bro, no one's touching large, up his popcorn. Large. It's a fact. <laughs> and a coke and a coke. No one's touching up his popcorn, mate. <laughs> so hold on, um, so get so where where the family was like there's 13 siblings. She was the youngest, oldest, middle, bottom of half. She was top half. I should know I should know this, but she was like third from top. I'd say that from top. Okay, and her other siblings, like they went. <laughs> the other yeah. siblings, they were that like they had a similar like depth to her, or like they were all no. very much. There's always it. one, as they say. There's always the one. There's always one. But yeah. no, but they're they 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 all lived. I'm sure like some of them have their wild days, but in terms of in like everything's relativity, everything's based on relativity. So in terms of relative to how much my mum, um, in their perspective. I'm always saying that perspective because if someone strives or this whole idea of Baltic Shuva and stuff is all very much about our perspective. It's very much a subjective philosophy, meaning someone's offer on the Derek is very much how we view what on the, on the off the Derek is. Yeah. If someone who's Haredi might say that someone who's modern Orphan or Dutty Lumi, they, they might not. I don't know. Everyone's got their perspective of what oh, on yeah, the Derek is. But from, from my family's perspective, um, at the time, my mum was very much off the Derek because she was at the cinema hanging around with non-Jews and eventually met my father who um, is an African Christian. Mm-hmm. So um, not only was he not Jewish, which obviously was, a, was like big, like massive in, in that community. I mean, yeah. marrying out is obviously a big deal like any, in most, in most Jewish circles anyway, but, but to marry, especially marry out in that circle and then also the fact he was black um, the, the, the radio community just, and football community aren't always so. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not going to point fingers at community. I'm just saying the fact that he was black made him more noticeably not Jewish. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that black people aren't Jewish. Obviously, I'm black and Jewish, but there was a general um, stereotype that you know, most Jews are white, you know, especially in England. So the minute you, my mum was walking around with this black guy, you know, with tattoos, she, you know, it's obvious that she married. I mean, from their perspective, she went on. She dated a non-Jew. Um, your dad, your dad was like from Christian, or he just he was Christian by name. No, no, just like Stum, Christian yeah. Stum. Christian like, Stum. You know, like he, uh, <laughs> take him he, a Christian, you know. Exactly. You know, I hear. I hear. He did Christmas he, and Easter. He calls himself Christian, but just yeah. I mean, does... the basics. I mean, uh-huh. Nigerian Nigeria is a very Christian country as well. Yeah. So he came straight from Nigeria. Or was it his second generation? He, yeah, generation? He, he no, he wasn't born in Nigeria. He wasn't born in England. He was born in Nigeria. Oh, he, he was an, he was an immigrant. Oh, wow. He he, uh, he made Ali. Cool. He made Ali. <laughs> 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 Have you ever actually been back to where he's from? Yeah, I went to Nigeria. Nigeria. That's a funny story. So, Whoa. Whoa, I went, that I, went when, cool. I went when I was 12. Yeah. And uh, I went to Nigeria and, and I got off the plane. Like everyone's got like fruit and baskets on their head, and like no way they actually do. I said it actually does that, and, and no water is actually in plastic bags because you can't really have yeah. tap water there. So it's like plastic bags full of water, like you have in Israel yeah. with the milk, the milk in the bags. It's like <laughs> they have that. With, they have that with the water. Yeah. And I, my, my father comes from a very poor village and like a poor family. So when we went to stay there, when I was like thirty, well, I was a naughty kid. So my dad was like, "This is my dad. This is, this is my dad showing me the real way. He was showing me yeah. what really life should like, right, like tough life is like in Nigeria." For me to yeah. get some perspective on life, mm-hmm. so I went to Nigeria and, and did you ever say say like, village, I'll send and it Nigeria. Stunk. like the whole village stunk of like really of um 
dung of um yeah yeah basically <laughs> and then i walk in of my house and and um you know we have a generator so the electricity is running on 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 oil Mm-hmm. basically and when this generator runs out the electricity runs out and that's it for a while so you know the lights would just go off and the heat you know just go off and then i had to sleep on the floor because we didn't have beds so i had like all my my cousins i was lying on the floor with them you know with like a blanket and with the Did you water, know your cousins you'd never met them before I met them for the first time it was really funny Wow. Yeah. And what it was really bad they like 14 <laughs> it's like bonding experience yeah and when they're, they're, they're 14 and like they can't even they can't count to 10 it's like really bad really english or the alphabet yeah so, makes you appreciate how lucky we are honestly and then then we had to get water out of a well wow so every time every time i wanted to shower to like get water out of a shower it's like i came back a different man you know what i mean i was like yeah. the time, but i'd really check yeah. really like open my eyes and um free bar mitzvah you know pre-trip to Nigeria the bonus. It was getting ready to be a man. Like my dad, my yeah. dad understood. My dad understood the responsibility of being yeah. taking on tour yeah. Of course. <laughs> he was like, you know, I have to Is it was it silly the nice Jewish values in here? My dad was a from guy at heart, you know what I mean? I mean I yeah. think he was a pretty hostage in his previous life. <laughs> I feel like you know like Abraham and the only full fathers just knew how to do the mitzvahs about actually yeah. the Torah. Like my dad just knew <laughs> a bit naturally, you know, like um Wait, so hold on. So did you did you have did you have um a bomb expert? Like what was your because I assume right, so I, yeah let's yeah. let's, let's go back to the context. We, I'm sorry, sorry, we do need to No, I'm, I'm, so I do I have to come on, I love a, a good schmooze about Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got a schmooze about Nigeria. Like, <laughs> you know the, the, the listeners want to hear about Nigeria, really. Yeah, so, sure, sure. That's what they're saying. They're listening to this podcast for Nigeria right now. <laughs> hear about it. So, <laughs> exactly. that, that's why they all click on schmoozing with Avi. I'm really happy I give you a history lesson and some big experience in Nigeria. Anyway, back to back to when I was younger. So my mum, well, my mum basically left, and she, we grew up in a place called Plumstead, southeast London, mm-hmm. which has no Jewish facilities, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't, we didn't know we were Jewish, me and my siblings. Really? So, um, so Hon, do you want to do you want to get who who are your siblings? You got. So I've got, got three very cool. You got to you got to give a, a story behind everyone's name. We got to yeah, get the name. There's so much hashkafa that went behind. There's so much like thinking of Hoffman oh, that went behind these yeah. names. Mumish. It was like it was mumish from like hashkafa protest. These names. Yeah. <laughs> God, you got my, my name. My name's Jodeci, which is like an R and B group from the '90s. Proper, proper holy. Oh, yeah. Like can get more holy than that. Um, <laughs> Devante is one of the oh, artists just gets better. It's one of the members of the group <laughs> of, Joe, of the Jodeci group. Yeah, so we came, we came as a back. Do you always let him know his face? You're like, you're one of my group. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I represent you, Devante. I'm, <laughs> you're, you're within me. You're, you're a part you're... of me. You're, just a, you're a tiny part of what, what I can, you can never be, you can never break out and be better, bigger than the group. <laughs> and then my sister, my, Devante, my brother's called Devante. My sister's called Devante, which is a, next which is french for diamond oh wow okay yeah, i'll tell you that I mean, it's cute it's cute, yeah, it's cute. do people ever call I told it my, I told my mom you said that i told my mom you told her yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then um, ted um my little brother my youngest brother this is where it proper kicks off like ted is my favorite. next this is great <laughs> i was getting tired already avi <laughs> calm down all right <laughs> sit in your seat <laughs> stay there. This, this reminds you every time in the middle of the forest, it was just like both going up, <laughs> shouting. 
honestly think that like, the police were going to be called at one point. Yeah. <laughs> someone was going to get, someone was getting hurt. <laughs> so, I was gay. That's when the conversation is really good. Though. You know, when someone's about to get hurt, you know what I mean? When it's getting out of control. Exactly, when the whole base, exactly. like the whole base is like so crowding around. Everyone, everyone's, know, like, look, everyone's looking around like, what's going on? <laughs> so, dude, we get, we get distracted. We get distracted, you know? Anyway, yeah, so... Um, so, Ted. Little brother's called Ted. T-J-D-D. Which are the initials, all of our names put together. In all in, in age order. Let's in, not let's not in age order. This is like this is next level break, organization. Break it down for us. Break it down for us. T for Tito, which is my dad's name. E for Esther, my mum. J for uh, the one and only Joe Joe D for D for Demonte. Devante, sorry, age order. Mm-hmm. D, and D for Demonte. Wow. So he really beats me because I encompass the Randy in my name. Like yeah. He encompasses, he all encompasses of us, everyone. So. Yeah. That's yeah I, I don't even, I don't, I, can't, I don't even have a leg to stand on. I don't even try and have a more closer to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, like, like, it'd be very it's awkward. Like, it's like Tanayim Mamarayim. Like, he's a Tana. I've got no leg to stand. He's in the, he's the Mishnah. I'm the Gomorrah, man. He's yeah, like. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, James. <laughs> so, so we've got, we've got Hedge. He's he's encompassing everyone now, and then so so let's let's continue back into the story. So your mom, yes, mom met your dad. You guys didn't yeah, know you were Jewish. We didn't know we were Jewish. We grew up in a place called Plumstead, which is in Essex or South East London. So like London, for many yeah. Arsenal fans, I'm sorry, uh-huh. well, sorry for you guys, but like <laughs> but like uh, but like it's um, where Arsenal Arsenal Stadium used to be, Woolwich. Mm-hmm. It's right near there. People know, and there is like literally no Jews there. I mean, there's always Jews everywhere, but like there's no um, Jewish facility. You, know? like, was, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have any, you wouldn't have any of had any exposure mm-hmm. Judaism. So um, yeah, I grew up there. You know, I, I was in a Christian primary school. It's actually quite funny um, because I was in a Christmas play. In, no way. Um, a primary school. What did you play? And they, you say you played Jesus. They, oh yes, you got it, man. They put me as Jesus. <laughs> And it, it's quite funny because he's Jewish anyway, so it kind of worked. Like, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? like it, was like, it was like foreshadowing, you know? Uh-huh. A bit of like, what, what's going what, what's to come up in Jodice's life? They knew. Let's put him as Jesus. Let's not tell him, but let's see if he can work out for his own. Then, but let's, let, let's, let's make him like Avraham. See if Avraham, <laughs> see if he can smash some idols and, and come to his own conclusions about God. Let's put him as Jesus. And let's see if he gets the hint. Jersey, in, your, in your life, how many times have you smashed an idol, honestly? A lot, man. It's got to be out there. Yeah. For fun, I do go around to other communities and smash the idols. I'm not it's gonna fair. lie. It's a bit of my secret. Don't tell anyone, <laughs> even though it's on podcast. Everyone is listening. Please everyone, give everyone it by, knows it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's fine. It's fine. We've got seven li- seven listeners listening right now. Don't worry. <laughs> right, oh, is it live? No, no, it's not live. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that's next level. That's next level. Next year, next year, there's not the same. Um, our main, our main. So basically, yeah. So we grew up not knowing we're Jewish. I had a bris, which is very interesting. So um, my mum didn't know any Jews, like we didn't have any Jewish community, but my, for some reason, the question, my mum wanted us to have the, uh, the covenant. Mm-hmm. She wanted us to have a bris. This Me and my brother. Hundred, yeah, wow. So sharp, man. You're holding. We're just, and, um, le- just learning it today. Beautiful. So yeah, it's meant to be, man. And um, and um, my mum called up this Rav called Rabbi Sudak from Edgeware and said, basically, we need a minion of men. You know what I mean, we have, she doesn't know anyone. Like she can call. Mm-hmm. So I've got pictures of me at my like me at my bris, like 
all of these like Hasidim. <laughs> it's like these random Hasidim. It's like these random Hasidim. My mum mm. and me like getting my breast done. How come she decided she wanted to do it? I think she always like deep down, you know, like everyone's got a shaman, like deep down, like, connected to Judaism. But just be that Judaism was the first. She always wanted to like, she grew up a whole lot with it as her essence, you know? Mm-hmm. So even though she went away, like, there's always that side to her that's like, I still want them to have like, some sort of connection. Like, if that I ever choose to come back to Judaism, they've got this, you know? Mm-hmm. She's maybe thinking, I don't want them to have a breast, you know, that you hear the people who convert, they have a breast at 15, you know? It's like, yeah. Well, well, might as well, they're Jewish. But maybe that religious Judaism, like that extreme Judaism, what she felt was extreme, isn't for my isn't for my kids. Yeah, and that's what later happened when I was eleven, and I'm the oldest. She uh, sat me and my siblings down, and she said, "Like, I've got, I've got something, I've got something to tell you guys." And she sat us down, and like, the room went silent. And we're like, "Oh no, we're in big trouble." <laughs> I was like, what have I done now? <laughs> like, um, you guys are Jewish. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I, I, I'd never heard of a Jew. Like, I never knew what Judaism was. Like, I'd never seen yeah. a Jew. I didn't even know Jesus was Jewish. Like, I didn't know anything. So I, yeah. I've never heard the word Jew. So I wish told me that. Like, okay, thank you. What, what, like, sparked her telling you? What was the reason she decided to tell you guys? I think I think this is her philosophy. Like it's a, it's a great Ashkafa. Like I really appreciate it because she's like, you know, she didn't feel like she had free will growing up from her perspective. Like she mm-hmm. she had like an like a philosophy forced onto her, and she said to me, she was like, I wanted you to have free will. Like I wanted to give you information that would help you have like a, a decision where you had ch- like you really got to choose your information. So I wanted you to grow up in like not a Christian, but like in general society, so you can see different things. And then, like, you know, as you get older, like, I wanted you to experience Judaism, and then you can, you know, then you've got, like, inf- information to, like, choose, you know? Yeah. And not only that, I also think this, well, someone highlighted me, which I think is really important, is that I was I was 11, and I was coming up to Bar Mitzvah. So yeah. if she valued, if we if we, if we we use inferences, if we... <laughs> if Bring if me she a valued... Don't <laughs> hit me with it. That's Gazeera <laughs> If she valued a risk, uh-huh. then it also makes sense that she values a bar mitzvah, like the key stages. Sure. So she must have been thinking, you know, like I'm getting close to my bar mitzvah, and like he doesn't know anything, he doesn't know it's all of face, doesn't know what a bar mitzvah is, and that must have started ringing bells in her head, you know. Like I, I want them to have, you know, experience the key stages, and also I think one thing, another thing is that community. She really said that in the like the Jewish community is very unique in the fact that it's very community based, mm-hmm. whereas like outside in, in, the, in the world outside of judaism it's like very vast and big and like kind of every man for himself every community you know what i mean like it's quite hard to fit into a strong community and people are there for each other and she kind of missed that clutch of like being around people who are gonna you know be there for you and like you're seen as one big family as opposed to just like we're out here doing our jobs like every man for himself yeah and so i think all those three reasons triggered off uh an epiphany of like, yeah, I need to tell my kids, I need to tell them. So anyway, she tells us and it goes silent. Uh, we had no idea, it was like, cool, like it, we, we're not gonna do anything with that information, thank you very much. But then she went on to say, not only are you Jewish, but I've decided I want us to move over to Ilford, to Essex, um, because I want us to, you know, be more involved in the Jewish community. 
And that's when kind of like we got really upset because we had our friends, we had our community, we had everything we knew, and all of a sudden we're leaving. And not yeah, only that, my dad didn't, my dad, my dad didn't want to come with because, yeah, um, yeah because he had his job there, and he, he like he felt like it was a bit of a sudden move for like Judaism. Like he didn't really agree with the hashkafa of moving. Mm-hmm. He didn't come with, and my mum left. So it's quite ironic because she left Judaism for my dad, and then left my dad for Judaism. Which, yeah. you know, like I always say, it's like. Quite, a, it's quite interesting. Back. It's like a circle. Full circle. All these that like, then, um, come. Right. Mm. But what's that song that goes around? Comes up. As, uh, <laughs> the tune, I, as my oh. non-religious days, you know what I mean. Like, I'm a changed man. I, I'm a reformed man. You know, <laughs> not reformed. I'm a reformed <laughs> man, and I'm I'm trying to. And I, I'm living a very from life. So uh-huh. everything. Can't, <laughs> so pop, can't be, pop, can't popcorn be. and cinema. Popcorn and cinema. I don't even know what that is, man. <laughs> so popcorn and cinema, I was like, that memory's gone out of my head, you know, like it's gone. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very pro balanced student. And a lot of very, people know yeah. what I mean by that. Um, yeah. But um we can we can delve into that by the way a little bit later on. I wanna I wanna delve into your thoughts on what balanced studentism is. hundred percent. I'd love to talk about that. I've got a lot of thoughts on that. But but yeah, basically so she moved us over to Ilford Gans Hill, which was at the time. Uh, one of the fastest growing Jewish communities at the time in 2008, and it was one of the biggest. Mm-hmm. It was like North, it's equivalent to North London, probably at the time. Wait, did you? Can I just ask, just get context? Your your yeah. parents ever got married, or it was more that they were just living together? They were married. They were married. So when you're saying that they um, that your mom left your dad, they got divorced, or they just and get divorced, they separated. separated. They yeah. separated. Like I, I, I don't know. So it's called separate. Yeah, they separated, meaning like they yeah. weren't together anymore. But like. You know, they weren't divorced. That must have been very hard for you, though. Uh, just having your dad in a complete separate place to you, plus moving. And yeah, just... it was a massive transition for us at the age. And yeah. I think that's what affected me a lot in school, because first of all, you know, me and my siblings walking to this Ilford Jewish primary school, this Orthodox school for the first time. Like, I have a bit of swagger, so I'm walking with a bit of swag. <laughs> you know, I come from like quite well, a rough you got area. Because like, you're like... You want to mess, bro? You want to mess? Yeah, I, mean, I come from a rough area, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I walk in, I go from like this, you know, this like immigrant community where I was, of like, you know, what I mean, I had fights all the time to being in like an Ashkenazi middle class uh, primary <laughs> school. <laughs> so, um, like, when I say like a massive transition, that'd be an understatement. As a yeah, that's job. that's crazy. So, me and my siblings walk in on the first day of primary school, and we're like, everyone stops and stares at us, like, literally the whole playground like stops and stares at us. I literally describe it as if a, a UFO had just dropped me and my siblings in the school. <laughs> and uh, and I remember seeing all these people with like strings coming down from their waist and like circular it, things on their heads. Like I was like, Ilford Jewish school is a religious, like it's very yeah, firm. Yeah, orthodox. Or? Yeah, was, well, I mean, they dove in the morning, they did tefillah, they had benching. Like, so they had, like, they had a lot of tefillah, they had a lot of Jewish studies. So how did you survive without having known anything? And because like, literally you're you're saying you're seeing them wearing kippahs. Just, just because it was, like even though they're from school, thing. a lot of the kids were like secular. Yeah, it was like secular kids in a from school because mm-hmm. that was one of the only Jewish primary schools. So it happened to be from teachers and a from hashkafa. But yeah. at the same time, like, like the kids didn't keep chabas. So I survived fairly. I got I survived fairly socially. Even though I experienced a lot of racism, I still made friends. And with Jewish so, studies, I just didn't listen. I, I wasn't interested. I was like, what's all this? I had no idea what I was learning. But my mom also said, like, Were you angry at your mom for like sending you to this yeah. Jewish school that you had now? 
by nature, I'm not a very angry person. So I find it really hard to get angry at people, thank God. Like some people are just born with certain challenges that others aren't. Like I don't really hold grudges and get angry at people. I'm very lucky. But yeah, I was very upset. And um, I was acting out. Like I was quite naughty. I was very naughty in school. And it makes sense. And looking back, it makes complete sense. Like to completely move, mm. change settings. Like my dad's not there. Everything changes. Like, of course I'm going to act up. And then this kind of transpired and uh, transferred over into secondary school. What was better about secondary school was that it was more secular. It was like, it was orthodox, but we had five hours of Jewish studies a week. Not like no one kept shouting, like no one kept anything. Um, so the transition from my old areas, my secondary school was transition in terms of Jewish people, but it wasn't so much a transition in terms of a lifestyle as much. But my mom also had a thing where she made it. She first, actually first few weeks we came over, she made us keep Shabbos. And we hated it. And then she, um, it seems like your mum was having her own sort of journey as yeah, well. Yeah. While this was all going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting you say that. And she was, and she, but then she said, you know what? Shabbos is too much and stuff. Um, just one agreement that we can have is that we go to shore every week on a Saturday morning. So ever since we were a child till I was older, you know, our thing was, our family thing was, we all go to synagogue Saturday morning. There's no, there's no, there's no discussion. Do you not find it like a, the weirdest thing ever going to school for the first time? Like, even like that, those I first know. few times, like, what's going on? Yeah, I had no idea what was going on. You know, so how, it was, how long did it actually take? Sorry, go on. Yeah, how long did it take? It, it, took, it took years. And to be honest, I, I don't think I was so conscious. I felt like when you're a kid anyway, you're just like, religion stuff you know whatever you know you're not you're not really inspired yeah. you're not really you go to shore because your mom told you to go to shore and like i had some friends there it was like more of a so it was a social thing and like i was I, sometimes i enjoyed it and sometimes i didn't mm-hmm. and obviously and obviously i was one of the most religious kids in the, in the school now because i went to shore on saturday that made me the most religious school yeah like it was quite interesting i went from like not knowing i was jewish like two years ago to being the most religious school like socially unacceptable because i went to shore yeah. on saturday it was so interesting. But yeah. I was also very naughty in school. I was like a popular kid, but I was quite naughty. So I was always like a report card. I was always naughty, like always trying to show off to people because I was like insecure because I was like a black Jewish kid who was in the environment. I was like trying to make people, I was trying to fit in. So I was always making jokes. I'm not a funny guy normally. You know what I mean? I'm a really boring guy. Everyone knows that. So yeah, like, sure. That's, that's exactly <laughs> how they describe Josie Joseph. A really boring guy. <laughs> I mean, joking. But in school, in school, I was um, I was very, very naughty and like uh, you know, always the clown of the class. And um, one summer, I get back from school um, summer, and one of the teachers says to me, um, "Where were you all summer? Um, were you in prison?" No way. Uh, yeah, one of the teachers said, and um, I laughed at the time. Like I giggled at him. Like I mean, but when I went home, like I remember crying for a few hours. And, and I said to myself, in that moment, I'm going to change. I kind of had, I had this thought process of, even though he said it as a joke, which is not right, there must have been some sort of, um, you know, source, you know, why he, why, why he was saying that. Like, meaning there must, for every joke, there's always an element of truth, right? So I always thought, I, I was chasing it back. So maybe he would have thought, he would have thought that that wouldn't have been such a far idea that I would be in prison based on the way I've behaved previously. Yeah. And I decided instantaneously to, to make a change in my life. And it was mostly a, a change of attitude. And it came from a place of like, I'm going to prove this teacher wrong. 
Like, I'm going to start yeah. doing well. And within three months, I went from bottom set in all my subjects to top set. Wow. Um, by the time I got to year 11, I got one of the best GCSE grades in the year. I became, I got a deputy head boy. So, so basically, I was like, like thanking this teacher. Yeah, you know, in a way, I was like, like, screw you, but like, thanks. But after a while, it, that wasn't my motivation anymore. Like, I started to enjoy yeah. success and I, I had a new friendship group and I was a, and I was doing well. And I, I and, and, it all stemmed from that. But like after a while, like it's like, you know, in Judaism, it's to start with the wrong reasons and come to the right reasons. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like if you want to go to a share for a burger, that's fine. But eventually, mm. a burger won't matter because you love Torah so yeah. much. Do you know what I mean? Like I started with a reason that isn't such a healthy reason. It's not healthy to do things just to prove someone wrong. Yeah. Because you're Out doing it somewhere almost. else. Yeah. But eventually I liked doing this good thing so much and being successful that it mm-hmm. became an it became an intrinsic, an intrinsic film and pleasure providing opportunity uh, involvement and i started to enjoy doing well i started to enjoy studying i started to enjoy uh getting involved in voluntary things and being the leader and stuff i had all the and obviously again so i had one massive change which was like finding out i was jewish and then coming to this whole new community and now i have this another second big change which is like change of friendship group change of how i'm viewed and now i've got the responsibility of like being a leader and like you know deputy head boy and like from being someone naughty to someone who is like somebody who has no expectation to someone who has wow. like now has got a lot of expectation yeah and, even like and, in and, the in the secular world these are like crazy improvements that like within judith just like go having that change of personality and change of understanding and view of the world like it just it's really incredible yeah i'm uh, very grateful you said that i really appreciate that man thank you and um but like you know but and in life, you know, sometimes at some point it's going to come a fall, you know. So with and every other there's no really yeah. My my Rebbe, my Rebbe always used to say, every time you go up, you go down. It's like a heart rate monitor. You're not really living if you're like if it's like a flat rate. Like if it's flat rate, mm-hmm. you're dead. Your life always has ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. That's the way you know your life on a heart monitor. So the same with just life. You're if you're not beautiful. Every, every time you have that life, thank my Rebbe, Rebbe Eli. Yeah, so go on. So you so every time so you had you had this incredible few years where you were and then yeah, and then, and then and then when you, and then I just the pressure got too much for me basically A levels. Mm-hmm. I had A levels, I was deputy head boy, you know. Do you think you, you um, gave yourself like this persona that you were like you were faking it a little bit in a sense that like you thought everyone had a view that you should this was who you are. So like it got a bit too much for you. Yeah. I kind of felt a part of it was like, I was being driven by like, what other people were thinking. And I got into that philosophy of like, I'm, I'm, I, a part of me is doing it for me, obviously, but then part of me is just like, I'm running out of fuel because I'm just 24 seven going at this. And like my mind's preoccupied with how do I look, you know, like how do I look to other people? Like I just constantly, I, I kind of developed that philosophy from a young age of like trying to impress others because I want to fit mm. in. So this was like people pleaser. Do you think that's what comes down to a bit? What now or then? Then, as in like yeah, then I was then I, then, then I was a massive massive people pleaser. Like that was deputy head boy part. It was like I want to show people that I'm like great and like you know I want to do well on my A levels. I want to show people that I can come from the bottom and do well. But like even when you do well, you still want more. You know what I mean? Even when you get it, you still want to keep chasing. Like you still want to, you still want to be better. Like you still want to show people you want to be the best. And I think I just put too much pressure on myself, like so much pressure that just one day, I literally just couldn't get out of bed. 
and um, I just I started to have really bad anxiety. Um, yeah, and things just went like a bit downhill. And, you know, as I, as I talk a lot about on my jealousy talks and stuff like that, that, you know, I was diagnosed after a few months, like of ups and downs, et cetera, with, with, the, with, a, with a mental health condition called bipolar. And, you know, it was a very tough time for me, like, especially when you first get a diagnosis, when you first experience something, it's very new. And um, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know what it was. And then um, after two years of going, like after like, this happened towards the end of A-levels like last year, and I don't know how I got from my levels, but I did. Um, I remember my dad. Seems we've lost you at a very crucial point in the story. I apologize. We're going to pause it here for a second and see if we can get things back up and running. Please. Sorry, we had a few technical issues, so we're just continuing. So you are yeah. you're going into quite a deep what time for it to stop? Um, you're going into quite a deep point. Yeah, yeah. Left off? yeah, so I was just saying, I went for a really tough time and there was actually a point where, like I was doing my exams and couldn't get out of bed. And my dad came around and he pulled me out of bed. Like literally, I couldn't, like he, like he literally, like about half an hour before my exam, I did no revision. And I got into the exam, I had put my head on the table, like answered a few questions and thank God I still passed and did all right. And like, I, and it was crazy. It was like a massive miracle. And like, I decided that I wanted to take a year out you know, to like just give myself a break before uni. And I did an apprenticeship as like a, as a primary school teacher for, for a year. So I worked with like, so like basically through this experience, I actually had a lot of epiphanies about my life. And, and I started to think at a deep level where I was like, first of all, like, why are we here? Like asking these questions, like, what is like, what is life? <laughs> You know, like I just started to ask like really deep questions. Big questions, yeah. I really just like what, like, am I really here to just go to uni to get a good job to like, to just make money to make more money to to die? Like, is that really what I'm here for? Like, after I went through that really deep spiritual experience, like I had, like, I then I kind of had like a calling. I was like, I need to use this experience to help others. Like, I need to, I want to help people. Like, I've got talents. Like, I can speak to people. I'm confident. And all of the things I was doing before, like, you know, messing around with females and um, going partying and trying to be the cool person, like all of those wants and desires went away. I was like, I don't want to be that anymore. Like not even from a pay of pleasing, just a pay of like, I kind of had this deep connection to myself. Of, like now I want to, I want to help people. Like I started to just want to help people. So I, I worked in a primary school and like I was, I was loving it because I was working with kids. I was like giving them confidence, just working with the kids, you know? And then, uh, you know, I also started to go to the J, I went to the JLE because I just, sure. first of all, because not even give for it, a give religious it, reason. Give this story of the, yeah, uh, it's a great story. The, or the African one. No, no. The one where, what, what actually took you to uh, getting, to go into the JLE? Oh yeah, this is great. Yeah. So, um, this is how I think I would say this is the how JLE, I knew I was. Re- to the JLE. <laughs> this is a great God, Continue, and we'll explain what the JLE is after. How do you know so, you were <laughs> So I said, like, even though I found out I was just when I was 11, like, I don't know if I really believed it, but when this happened, I kind of knew this is, I'm really Jewish. You're like, you know, like, this is me, I'm in. I don't, I don't need to do any proof. <laughs> I don't need any DNA tests to say that I'm a heart disease percentage Ashkenazi. Basically, at the JLE, um, they had the this program experience. called. Yeah, Jewish learning, okay. Jewish learning exchange in, in Golders Green. 
and they had like this this program once a week where you would come and you'd do some learning but you'd also hear a big speaker and get food in between and it was quite a social vibe but then they told you that basically every session you go to every week you get a certain amount of money off of the israel trip (laughs) so eventually if you go to enough sessions you get a free trip to israel and i'm sitting there like I, I want a free trip to Israel, bro. You know, I don't want to pay for flights. <laughs> I'm like, this is where my real Jewish side came. I was like, I'm going to go to these sessions to get as much credit as I, and I, was, I, was, I was probably <laughs> was making cash cool? I was making proper cash every week. I was working out on my own calculator to make sure they didn't How much you get? to make sure that I got my free trip. I went to every single session and I got a free yeah. trip, 100% free trip. Also, also, what actually inspired you to go there first? Wasn't it like the whole burger? But for me, honestly, it wasn't a religious thing. It was, I heard trip, of this yeah. place called the JLE. Yeah. And five on the year out, all my friends at university, mm-hmm. I want to go for a just social vibe. So I walk into this place and I'm, I walk up the stairs and I see this rabbi called Rabbi Sands and um, he's African. He's South African. So I look at him and go, hey, Rabbi. And he goes, I'm, I'm South African. Like, we're talking. He's like, I'm South African. I go, yo, Rabbi, I'm African too, yeah? yeah. <laughs> and, we, and, we, and we like, we just hugged. And I was like, yeah. and, that became, and we became best friends. And he's like been a father to me for like the last six, seven years. Like literally like wow. a dad and like helped me so many situations. And he started to learn Derek Hashem with me. And I started to have, I had all these philosophical questions. I loved learning. Like I, I literally came. And then after a few weeks, I started to come because I enjoyed the learning. I enjoyed the Hashem. I enjoyed that scuff. I enjoyed asking the philosophical questions, and 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 like so. As at the same time, I was I was over time. I started to, I wasn't. I was becoming more religious. Not so much like taking on mitzvahs. Just more like I became much more connected to the religious yeah. side of Judaism. I didn't know there was this whole like philosophy of this whole Talmud. I didn't know this whole experience behind Judaism. For me, it was just like Shabbat, some of the Hagim, and like Jewish friends. It was very much just like a social club. So I started to just fall in love with, um, with, with Torah very slowly. And over the years, I, um, I started to take on like Shabbat and like different things very slowly with the advice of my rabbi. And it was actually funny because when I decided to go to university the next year in Hertfordshire, uh, they had a Jewish society. Um, and they basically didn't have, there was hardly any Jews then, they didn't have anyone to run it. So they basically begged me, I didn't want to do it. And they begged me to like run the Jewish society. Yeah. Sometimes in leadership, you have to, you get forced to do it because there's no one else to do the position, you know. So I was like, you know what? After like a few months, like a few weeks of them persuading me, I said, you know, I'll do it. And I now become the center figure for Jewish experience. So, so from going for someone who didn't know they were Jewish till they were eleven, a few years later, I'm now a center hub of my university, twenty five thousand students. Trying, I'm like, I was like, I felt like a covered rubber on campus. Because, because like, guys, 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 come put fill in, fill in. Honestly, I, I, I found Jews who didn't know they were Jewish. I told them they were Jewish. I had Friday night dinners. I had events, and I became this person. I loved it. I did all these events. Yeah. And at the same so time, also, it gets you. So when you're trying to teach someone else, it has to it step like builds that foundation within yourself, and you've got to accept that foundation to be able to help others in. It's just incredible. Hundred percent, bro. It's incredible how like Hashem plans all these things. Like it's all HP, and every, I was like, yeah. Uh, Hashkasa Protest. Like, I was going to say, it's all Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Protest. Yeah. My wife always says HP, like, a bit of HP or so. It's always a bit of HP sauce on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but um, yeah, so 
so basically I, I became like really into like helping others Jewishly I was working in a primary school and then I and I basically started a motivational speaking company at university as well um I forgot I, for, bring, I forgot bring to, in, explain explain I forgot, your I, I forgot to mention that when at the end of my um, apprenticeship I got a call from the government and I was thinking oh no my did my was my teacher a prophet and like I mean, I'm going to prison <laughs> you know what I mean and um and um and they were like to me, you know, basically you've been nominated for Apprentice of the Year in the whole of the UK. Apprentice and of the I Year. Just apprentice said. of the Year. Apprentice. Oh, apprentice. Wow. So all of the apprentices in the whole country, I got nominated for Apprentice of the Year. And me wow. and my mum went to That's this fancy incredible. dinner. And um, we had like special forks. Like we had like 10, 10 sets of forks and cutlery. I had no idea what I was doing. I had like, I, I had people serving, like people like, like basically servants. And I was like, Sorry, I can't be. I started. I was like, I can't do this. I can't have you serve me. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I was like, yo, I'm not used to this luxury. And I was like, chandeliers and everything. It was like beautiful. And then, and then, and then, basically, they announced they announced like the winner of um, Prince of the Year. Um, and they say Jody to Joseph, and like everyone's clapping. And my mum like pulls me. She calls. She says in my ear, she says, Joe, don't let anyone ever tell you you can't do something. A year ago, you were in the depths of a mental health crisis, and a year later, you're Prince of the Year. And you got into university, going to university, like things can change so quickly, and like you've worked so hard, and like you know what I mean, and like it was so, and she started crying. It was like unbelievable. It's like she saw how tough life was with me, like literally a year ago. Um, so yeah, basically, I, I, well, like such a change in one year, like it's just crazy that like you couldn't. I don't think you could ever have believed it like that year before how much was going to change in that year. Honestly, like I, I thought I was going to be forever. I thought I was going to be down forever. I was ever going to have a life. I didn't think I was going to ever going to progress. Mm-hmm. And after university, basically, I I um I worked in jail. I worked for Jewish. I worked for a Jewish charity, JWB. I worked for camps, and then I um worked in. So I worked in my old school as a Jewish. I worked in my old school as a Jewish informal educator. So that was quite interesting. So I like I'm now this. This is this is King Solomon, life, right? Solomon. Yeah. Then, well, you had your then, uh, favorite teacher, right? This is Ben, <laughs> your favorite history teacher. Yeah, <laughs> I actually didn't have her. My brother had her, but he loved her. It's the better family. I'm not. Saying, I'm not just saying that. I, I, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask uh, if she was the one that told you you were gonna go to prison. I was like, no. I have words with that. <laughs> That's funny. Just, just for context, That's my sister, funny. my sister taught uh, his brother back in the day, back in Queens. Yeah. And um. So yeah. So Super so basically, I was. I went on a Jewish journey for the next few years, but. It, it kind of all triggered like JLE from my me going from my my own difficulties and like thinking about life and contemplating the deeper reasons to life and what we like what are we really here for, and um, you know when I went to yeshiva basically when I went on a trip so, Israel so yeah so you were... Israel, I went on a free Israel trip yeah and every night we'd have different things like we'd have different day like like activities like masada etc like all the the, the the classic things. And then at night time, everyone would go partying and club, clubbing, and then everyone would have a hangover ne- the next morning. But then we would be taken to yeshiva, like either Osamer or Aish or whatever. And everyone was like sleeping on the tables while while like the shares were going on. And there's me like in the front of the desk, like asking all these questions, and like, I'm saying, so, so, so. so I was like, yeah. so I was like, asking, I was like arguing with the rabbis, like I- I'm that sort of guy. Like if you put me in a class, I'm gonna ask questions. Yeah. My university, my my course was so upset with me, not the teachers, but the kids. And the students, because yeah, everyone's sleep early. Ask, I would ask <laughs> more questions a lesson, facts, like <laughs> always minimum. 
I got a, I got a complaint from one of the, the head of staff message like came up to me and said, All the students are complaining, Jodie, you asked too many questions. <laughs> and then I, I told my Rabbi Yeshiva this story, he said, Baruch Hashem, you asked too many questions. Yeah. Hashem, you can but the, that's that's saying, that's like you're so behind you, Like most yeah. you'll see like Christianity, like Islam, most places push off you they really don't want you to ask questions we literally have the talmud it begs us to ask questions it literally like we're meant to understand all things questions to... and answers exactly questions. exactly like that's what judaism is based on like understanding it and the only way to understand is through questioning beautiful uh, continue and that's what that's like everything that's what everyone comes a lot to like their true selves because they start to question who they are the minute you start to question who you are that's when the real growth happens because you start to question your existence and so I was in Yeshiva and I started loving it. I, I loved it so much, the Jewish classes in the morning, more than all the other fun stuff, that I asked the rabbi if I could go back that summer to Yeshiva at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. He was very hesitant because he's like, I'm not sure, you know, it's like too fast. And I was like, Rabbi, please let me go. And I went at the end of summer, three weeks, I walk in in a luminous vest and like shorts and a flip-flops into Yeshiva. And uh, the rest that of the black hat. <laughs> the rest is history and no, I, mean, I only went for a few weeks and I wanted to stay my mom didn't let me because it was too fast I went to university and every summer I went for a few weeks basically Yeah. and then um, I started to grow I was, had chavrusas etc and I was growing in my Torah and my mitzvahs etc I was staying at my friends mm. in Goldesbury every week for Shabbat so I literally stayed out every Shabbat and my Judaism was just very slow beautiful growth and, and at university I told people and I was like by the time I got to third year I, you know, I was already like holding you know like a lot of the mitzvahs and like and you know, as our years were going on, I was taking on more. And how's, um, when I, how's your mum taking all this while this is all happening? At first, she thought I was Asia or daily, and she went mad. Mm-hmm. But how I think of it is like in her head, she thought it was just a phase, you know. But the minute she saw that there was consistency there, and I was serious about it for a long time, she became like she accepted it. My mum's a very person, she like wants us to be happy, that's her thing. As long as you're happy, do it. You like be happy. You know, she's that's her philosophy in life. Like she doesn't judge us. Like whatever I want to do in life, she'll be happy because she just wants us to be happy. And that's one yeah. thing I really respect my mom. I never felt pressure to do anything. And the only reason she cared yeah. is because she thought maybe I was being brainwashed. And I wasn't really doing it for myself. Yeah. She knew I was doing it for myself, and it made me have so much simcha. Like Judaism, I, I get so much joy and happiness out of it. Honestly, like every single day, like it's the best thing in the world. Like I'm, I love learning. I enjoy my Judaism. I enjoy Torah. So. She just sees how happy I am all the time because of the fuel that Judaism gives me. So how could she be upset? That's how she thought. And yeah, you know, and then and then basically as I was becoming more religious, like my grandparents had, my grandparents got in touch with me about two years ago, three years ago. So, so did I I forgot to bring this piece together? Yeah. Do you want to connect it all now? How's like how your grandparents and your your uncles and aunts and stuff like that? Are you in contact with them at all? Like yeah, so my gra- I, was, I met my grandfather for the first time for three, four years ago, and um, I went to New York with a friend who also becoming religious at the same time as me, and um, you know, I saw my grandfather and he started crying. Your grandfather lived and, in, in New York? He lives in New York now, in Crown Heights, and he starts crying. Seven, seven. Um, exactly, right, right near there. And he started crying, and he said, like, like you give me so much nachas, you know? Because, like, he can believe in his head when, like, my mom left, she probably thought my grandkids are gone, you know? And for, for me to like become taking that journey back to Judaism for him is like, it's like a miracle, mamish, mamish, like a, a mir- like an open miracle. Yeah. And um, I don't know, like I always just felt like my pintle, like I had a deep side inside of me that just was thirsting for Torah. 
And the minute I got my hands on like a bit of Toro, like that, was game I've over. just been, I've just been yeah. so inspired the whole, like, yeah. thank God. Like I've just, it's been my passion. Like some people have a passion for sport where they can't stop thinking about sport and doing sport. Like for me, like Judaism is so, so enjoyable. Like I was, I, I just felt so happy every time I learned with the rabbi, every time I did Shabbat, when I learned Torah, like I felt like it was, and when I was at university doing geography, it was like, it was great. I was learning geography, but I didn't feel like it was part of me. I felt I was just learning an intellectual pursuit. Yeah. Judaism always felt like it was talking to my soul. Like I felt a fire like burning inside of me. And I wasn't going to, like when something talks to me, it talks to me. And then, um, you know, I, you know, after a few years of university, I was working in different Jewish organizations and I went to synagogue one day and I met my wife. Um, she's big a big shout out. Give me a big shout out. Big shout out to Rena Solomon, most, most amazing woman ever. Met mm-hmm. a few years ago and um, we started talking and she basically, um, she found out I had a Chabad family when we were talking about Nea Yisrael in the, in the student minion. And she went home and asked a Chabad rabbi about me. And that Chabad rabbi happened to be the first place we ever went to Pesach. And the first Pesach experience we ever had was at this rabbi's house and he used to have us every really? year and he was very close. He like really welcomed my mum and like remembered her and like looked after her. And I like, this we was very when you were, like really young. Yeah, like, our first ever Jewish experience. Like, wow. you know, he was there. Like he, lo- he loved our family and he's like, he was very, very close. And uh, basically um, she calls him up and says, do you know this boy? Like she didn't remember my name, like mixed race, Chabad. And she's like, Jodeci. He's like, Jodeci, like, there's only one mixed race boy with a Chabad family who like <laughs> who like walks around gold is green like on a <laughs> chilling and, um, Chats and, and everyone and, and and she found out my family's name and basically her father was in my grandfather's school in Chabad so my grandfather really? was my grandfather was her father's head head teacher my grandfather yeah. actually brought her father into the bris he was her he was uh, her father's kavata like he brought her into the bris him into the bris Really? So, Wait, hold on, so in this, your 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 Brits? No, his my my grandfather brought her father, my father-in-law, into his. Uh, into the, I thought you, bro. I thought that was the that would be the craziest thing ever if your wife, his dad, was at like the Brits, like he was one of those ten Hasid or whatever. <laughs> that was like the Brits. That would be the so craziest. That's the story. Just tell tell the kids that it all started from here. Yeah. <laughs> we. We rolled, and, um, we rolled, and I came to I, obviously I, I decided I wanted to go to Shia and study more full time. It was a big dream of mine for a long time yeah. to be in Shiva. I was always pushing off like after uni. Because you were like, in, so in Osamer, so we didn't actually name any of the people, but you were in Osamer every week. summer, yeah, for three months every summer. Then when I got to the end of uni, I I'll be wanting to go to Shiva full time for so many years, and I'm like I'm going to go to Shiva. But I decided Chappelle's would be a better fit for me because. I don't know how much on the far right Haredi spectrum I am. You know, I'd probably say like I'm like modern Haredi. If I had to put a name on it, you know. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I like Netflix, I chill, but I also like take Torah learning and like mitzvahs very, very seriously. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so I decided to, to, I want to dedicate more time to learning and um, obviously still doing my motivational speaking and life coaching and stuff. It's always something I've done on the side. Um, talks. Yeah, shout out to Jodie Talks, please follow my Insta. And other... Um, and my Facebook and my podcast, Jewish Journeys, also here in Jewish Journeys. But, um, but basically, um, no competition, just collaboration, mate. Collaboration. So basically, yeah. So pretty much, I um got I I, I started Yeshiva. Obviously, we had that whole experience with me, and you couldn't get into Israel. Yeah. So we got engaged. She came to England to date me for two months. 
we got mm-hmm. engaged and um she went back to Israel because she's she made Aliyah when she was eight mm-hmm. and um can get to Israel for ages that was a whole miracle so what was she got to Israel. what was she um yeah that crazy story I mean, we were, uh, yeah we we're too <laughs> yeah, but, honey, yeah what but, was, but, what... but you got in you got in just before me I remember oh, yeah literally I remember yeah, sending I sent you a voice note I was like I'd, I'd been able to put my flight the night before and I was like flying the next day like yo Josie I'm I'm like on the plane right now I'm going like I'm sorry I'm not going to be there for Rissa like uh, you'll be back for your wedding see you soon All right that was like that was a crazy time but yeah hold on. so how did she how, how come she was in London how did you meet her if she was living she in America gap year in London she had a gap year and it's crazy because she's basically leaving London on her last Shabbos in England that's when she met me really that's crazy. Whoa, that is. I've got that some much. Like, I literally had a whole life just being HP, mate. There's so yeah. much HP sauce in my life, right? HP oh, sauce. Yeah. That's my. That's my new favorite thing. That's gonna be a yeah. common thing on this. What's the HP yeah. sauce of this? Love it. Yeah, great. Yeah. Use it, bro. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So basically, and then basically, I had a wedding. I came to Israel. I've been here. I've been Shiva for nearly a year. Been in, been in Israel from, from March, but I was in Shiva on Zoom for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um. And basically, when I got here, I um, I had a wedding here. I had my my wedding in May. My brother, my, my whole family just about got out here. It was a whole story. Wow. That was a whole yeah. miracle. We got them out like two days before. Like there was rockets, so they cancelled a the flight. I had to stand outside the, oh, my the wow. I had to stand outside the office to like one in the morning to get them in. And like it was a whole story. And we just about got them in. Yeah. And my and my my family came for the wedding. They loved it. My brother was so inspired, my second one. Yeah. And right now he's in Yeshiva. What? That's crazy. Whoa. You know, my, my brother's in Osmeach right now. Really? So inspired. Yeah. And he, he was so anti. He was anti everything. He hated Jews. He hated Israel. Yeah. He came for my wedding and he decided he wanted to stay. And he's like in Yeshiva, like in Israel and like Osmeach. Yeah. Like, so how's he, how's he doing that? He's enjoying it? Yeah, he's enjoying He's enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. So what what was he doing the last year? How come he was able to come this year? Welcome kids with facilities and yeah, he, no, he's finished. He's like he's only eleven months younger than me. We're very close in yeah. age. So yeah, he's wow. never the most academic, so he didn't really go to uni and yeah. stuff. And that's Dante, yeah, right? Devante, yeah. Devante, sorry, yeah. Yeah, he wow. also that's... has yeah, he's also he's got a disability, he's got cerebral palsy. He's a very inspirational oh, wow. person. Yeah. So you can't really notice it, but he like he turns his disability into an ability and he inspires people and he's amazing. So, your family's your so, family's epic. Like honestly, you're like easily my favorite family out there. You just that's incredible. Schmoozer, oh. schmoozing with that. <laughs> yeah. So basically, that's where I'm at right now. I, yeah. And now I want to decide that like, you know I'm in yeshiva and I I want to be a rabbi and I want to mm-hmm. I do life coaching and I want to I want to take my Judaism and my story and I want to help others. I want to inspire 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 the Jewish community and do what I can. So do you think your long-term plan currently is to stay in Israel at this point in time? Um, yeah, for the for the foreseeable future. Just yeah. I want to learn as much as I can. I want to grow in Torah and it's just as much as I can um, to the point where I feel like I can start giving properly. I need to fill yeah. my cup first. Wow. Yeah? Okay, fine. All right, we're gonna we're gonna end it here. This was honestly incredible, Josie. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Um, we're gonna thank you so much. Uh, we, uh, like honestly, I love talking to you. This is just incredible. I, I apologize you, that we have to end this. Everyone's everyone's gonna be so sad that but as well as in a couple of years' time, we're gonna do a part two of like how you became a rabbi, who you're oh, inspiring, 
the great Kadoi Lim of our time. Um, Jersey, Jersey, this is honestly incredible. Like, thank you, thank you so much for everything. Um, we'll send it off here. Say bye to everyone. Everyone follow Jersey Talks. Jersey Talks, you know, Jewish Jewish journeys as well. Big love, big love. Thank you, big support, man. And if anyone is in right now, you're amazing. Get in touch if you want any information, if you want some inspiration. Be feel some email me, message me, like anything you want. Like, I'm, I'm By the way, that's guys. the most genuine of it for everyone. I think that's the most genuine of it. Josie will love to like hear from you guys. Just yeah, epic. Uh, Josie, right. I love you. This is this is incredible. I love you, bro. <laughs> guys, Sadiq, Sadiq. see you. All right, be well, my friend. Bye. Bye.